say it is nice to see so many adults. I have been at junior high camp all week, and so it's refreshing to see all of you. I had a blast there. Uh, God really uh, did some great things. We had three baptisms there. It was just uh, amazing. So um, if your son or daughter missed out on junior high camp, we're sorry, but guess what? Next year, we're going to do it again, so we'd love to have you be a part of that. Uh, my name is Jimmy Rancho. I'm the Next Gen Minister here at Plum Creek Christian Church, and we are launching a brand new series that we are all excited about. It's the Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I know it when I see it, and so uh, as Doug and I got together and we were talking about this, he had laid out a couple options for me to speak as he's on vacation this week, and, um, and one of the options was just kind of giving a rundown of what the Holy Spirit is, and if you've seen The Office, um, when Jim is getting told by Charles, can you give me a rundown of that? It's kind of a very vague idea. And I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. So today in the next 20 some odd minutes, we're going to be covering uh, the Holy Spirit in general, not uh, specifics, because we all know that that could be its whole sermon series within itself. Am I right? Can I get an amen on that? That's right. So um, as we go to that today, I want to let you know about or talk to you, tell you a little story. But first, if you guys would open up, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, but not till a little bit later in the message. So if you want to go ahead and open that up in your Bible and put your finger there for that, you can go ahead and get that. I want to tell you, uh, when I was younger, uh, and still even now, I was a big fan of a lot of like uh, TV shows, especially the ones that had like these superhuman capabilities, you know. And there was this one show that was coming out, and I remember uh, specifically in fifth grade, and I saw the video of it, and I'm like, oh, that looks amazing. It reminded me of a show from when I was younger, but it was a live-action version of it. I was like, oh, that looks like a live-action version of Voltron. Does anybody remember Voltron, the, the show from the 80s, where the, they were on cat, these big giant cat mechanical things and come together and make this guy. Well, it's this new show called Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Raise your hand if you've ever had to sit through a Power Rangers show. Some of you guys, some of you are like, I don't know. And some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let me describe it to you really quickly. The premise of the show was all these teenagers who are really like 20 and 30 year olds trying to play teenagers, um, got these superpowers given to them by this alien. And so when these bad people would come or these other aliens would come, they could pull out their little morphing thing from behind their back and they'd say the power of Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then they turn into a ninja. And then their ninja could summon this giant mechanical Tyrannosaurus Rex. And if they couldn't beat them just with the ninja and the Tyrannosaurus Rex, then they could come together to make, I think it was, I forget what it was called, but it came together to make this big giant thing. And then it was like, do you remember the Godzilla movies back in the day? Like really funny, like guy in a suit knocking over cardboard buildings. It, that's literally what it was. And so as a fifth grader, I'm like, this is amazing, right? So many times I think the way we view or see the Holy Spirit, we kind of think of it that way. Like, it's this thing that we can call upon and will come and make us bigger and better than we are. And what I'm not saying that that's not entirely true, but I think that is misinformed on what we see in the Holy Spirit, specifically when we're talking about the New Testament Holy Spirit. The way God works with the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit worked in the Old Testament is different. Now that Jesus has come, died, been raised again, and he sent us 
this helper. So we're going to be kind of going through that some today. So some of this might be a little bit of review for some of you all, and that's great. For some of this might be brand new. And I want you to know this, like we will not cover every little tiny thing. If you have questions, don't worry. Doug will be back next week, and you can ask him all the questions you want on that. I'm not saying that I'm not afraid. You can ask me too, but I know um, he, will be, he would love to have that, and he is finishing out the, spirit, uh, the, 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 the series on the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is something that I think sometimes we just, we can't grab our, wrap our minds around. Um, because God is so mysterious and he works in so many different ways, it's really hard to understand. And it's really easy to get discouraged and feel like the Spirit isn't there in our lives, but I'm one here to tell you that he is. So I want to cover a couple quick little things first. My first two points are going to be kind of quick, but my last point's going to be long. So don't be like, oh, he's on point three. We're getting out early today. I'm just letting you know. It's, it's kind of where we're at. So the first thing I want us to understand is this. The Holy Spirit is a divine person, not just some form of power that we borrow from God. We believe in this triune God, this idea of the Trinity. Now, if you look up the word Trinity in the Bible, you will not find it, but the concepts are there over and over and over again. And the Holy Spirit is not just this, this little magical thing that we can like summon down from God that will rest upon us for a while and then go away. No, it's not that at all. It is his own divine personhood, part of this Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Three in one. And that's hard to explain to anyone, really to wrap your minds around as our finite brains are, to this idea that there are three personhoods and one God. And I've heard it you know, described as an egg before, like an egg has three parts. So that's like how God is. Well, yes, yes and no. I've also, uh, the one I like a little bit better is that like, it's like, uh, you know, uh, H2O. You know, H2O can be a solid liquid or a gas, but it's still H2O, right? Like it takes those forms. Um, but within that, these are three that can be work, working, operating all at the same time. But he is a person. It isn't something we just borrow or summon or conjure. It's a person, a divine person that loves and cares for you and wants the best for you, wants to see great things done through you. We see this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Acts 15, Verse 28 and first, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this in Matthew. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Acts says, it, is, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And in 2 Corinthians it says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to be with you all. See, right here in these three scriptures, we see that they are talking about the Spirit as a person, not as something that just comes along and is a part. It's something there, something distinct. Francis Chan has written a book called Forgotten God, and I'm sure many of you maybe have read it before. I know the, um, Doug had said a couple years ago that you guys had gone through that as a sermon series here, and I love the title of that book, that Forgotten God, because oftentimes we pray to Jesus, we pray to God the Father, and oftentimes we forget about the divine person that resides in each and every one of us believers, right? He's here, he loves us, he cares for us. And, and like a person, he has his personhood, and the, 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 he deserves respect that we don't always give him. See, he has feelings. 
If you didn't have feelings, Scripture wouldn't tell us not to grieve the Spirit, right? We don't want to make it feel sad. We don't want to push him down. We don't want to let sin put a trap around him or to push him away or to not let it penetrate our heart and let us fully us. And also, Scripture always says that he prays and he intercedes on our behalf to, to the Father, Right? If it was just some ambient thing that came through us, it wouldn't be able to do that. No, it's a person. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He has these divine capabilities. And he cares for you. He cares for you more than you know. Because he wants you to get to heaven. He wants to give you the strength to overcome the adversity that is here on this earth. He is a person. Not just some power. The second point is this. You see, I'm going through them pretty quick, right? You're like, wow. The second point is the Holy Spirit resides in every baptized believer all the time. All the time. Uh, I watch these uh, reels on Instagram. Does anyone get trapped in those where you just like keep flowing through his videos and flow after videos after videos? And uh, one was pretty popular a couple months ago, and it's like showing something where a person needed help or whatnot. And they kept doing this sound bit that had this like, and you probably heard this once I said, it was like, Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Anyone hear that? Three. Sweet. Um, so we, ha- we have that uh, going on, and there's all these different things. And I just looked up this week, like, where, where is that from? And it was actually on Family Feud, right? This lady who was doing like the final part, you know, and she's like, hold on, Steve. And she starts doing it, and, the, and Steve's just starting to shake his head. This is Steve Harvey. And he's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And as I hear that, in my heart, I just am so sad because it's this misrepresentation, this misidea of what the Holy Spirit does. It's like as if we are calling upon this thing. It's like the mighty Morphin Power Rangers coming back, you know, like I'm going to call upon the Lord and I'm going to po- call upon the Spirit of Truth and the Spirit of God and it's going to come down here. That's an Old Testament way of viewing the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was in heaven with God and he would send the Holy Spirit to come down to do amazing things, hold back the, the waters, right? To heal people. To bring dry bones to life as we sing in a lot of these songs. That's all scripture. But when Jesus came and he left, he said he was going to send another. See, the Spirit is dwelling within every one of us baptized believers. In Romans 8.11 it says this, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who was raised from Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because His spirit who lives in you. So where's that spirit living? Is it in heaven? No, it's living right here. See, when we get baptized, we have this amazing thing that happens. It's called regeneration. That's the doctrinal name of it, regeneration. Anyone hear about that before? No one. Sweet. I have a uh, 40 plus uh, research paper that I worked on during my master's degree. If anybody wants me to send it to you, I will do that. Just send me an email this week. I can get all into it. I can geek out on it really bad. But there's some really important doctrines that we believe in. Justification, regeneration, adoption, and then sanctification. These are all parts of the process of walking a holy life. 
right? And regeneration is this idea that when we say yes to Jesus and we are obedient to him in baptism, that the Holy Spirit comes in and creates a new heart in us. And in that new heart comes the, a place for the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. And so those of you who have been baptized, you have that spirit already. It's there. The problem is oftentimes we close it down. We don't open it up. We don't let him live and reign and let our rule, or let his rule be ours. 2 Corinthians 2.17, that's where it says that we are a new creation in Christ, right? The old is gone and the new has come. That new creation is that the Holy Spirit can dwell within you. I love the songs we picked out this week. That they, the, the, the worship team picked those out. They asked me if I had anything. I said, I trust on you guys to do everything with that. And that last song, we kind of literally sang us through and walked us through all of those doctrines. But he is here. He is with us. He's not the Power Rangers power or the He-Man, I have the power. Or maybe the mask of the Lone Ranger. He's not like any of that stuff. He's here with us. See, in the Old Testament, we, we see even the Samson, right? Samson, he had the power, but it only came down at certain times. And then God took that power away. And then when he was finally captured by the Philistines because of his disobedience, and they paraded him out, and they had his eyes gouged out. Yeah, sorry, kids. Their eyes were gouged out. He called on God to do what? To send his spirit upon him one more time. You don't have to call on the spirit to come upon you one more time. You can't call upon that because he is already here. What you need to do is to deny yourself and to let him reign in your life. You have to push back your old self. Push back your inclination to the sinful nature that is around us and those temptations to let the Spirit come and move, to change you, to transform you. That's what the Spirit is here for. It's to make you a better version of yourself because he wants to make you more like Christ than you could ever be by yourself. So he's always with us. And your highest of highs and your lowest of lows, he is there. And it's important for us to acknowledge that. To thank him for being with us. And it's okay to pray and say, I need your help more now than ever. I need you to give me the strength. And I need to let go of everything. I, I, you know, that movie Frozen years ago went crazy, right? And that one opening line in the, in the chorus is, let it go, I can't hold it back anymore, right? We need to let it go our lives, and we can't hold it back the Holy Spirit anymore. The third point is this. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. He's here to help you. And you're like, wow, that's pretty basic. Yeah, it is pretty basic, but too many times we forget that. When we're in trouble and we're in times of needs, where do we go to help? Oftentimes it's to Google, it's to our friends, to our families. We go to books, we go to experts, 
And I'm not saying those aren't good places to go. But how often do you go to the Father first? How often do you go and ask the Holy Spirit to give you what you need day in and day out? Prayer is an essential part of our lives. And if we can just learn to ask that the Holy Spirit be in control of our lives for that day, how much better would our days be? How much more loving and patience would we have? Kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. John 14, 15 through 19 says this, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask that the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will, will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live and you also will live. That's what Jesus was telling about this, this helper, this Holy Spirit, this advocate to come down. I hope that sometime in your life that you have had an advocate come and speak on your behalf on something. Because that would really give you the appreciation of what the Holy Spirit does for us. There have been times in my life where somebody else has stepped in and spoken up for me. And it made me feel so comforted. It made me feel loved. It made me feel protected. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to help. But through that help, there's several things that, that happens. And the way he helps us in several different ways. And the first is this, that the Holy Spirit is here to give us a life free of sin and death. See, there is freedom when you're living in the Spirit. The curse of sin and death does not hold us down anymore. It is broken open. And it's this freedom for us to live for Jesus a life to glorify God and not ourselves. To bring glory to his name and not our own. This is where we're going to get, get into our main scripture here in Romans chapter 8. So if you guys want to open that up, you can follow along. It says this, therefore. Now what are we supposed to do when we see therefore? Start paying attention, right? Remember, therefore is why it's therefore. You know, so pay attention to that. Doug covered that a little while ago if you weren't here for that. Therefore, there is no common condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives, his, uh, gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Wow. Can I read that again? Because I feel like so many times we stumble on this. Therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives us life has set you free from the law of sin and death. How many times do we waver on the fact of whether or not we're saved? How many times do we beat ourselves up so bad because we have been unfortunately falling back into temptation? Let me under, let you, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit here is to free you from that. To break those bonds. And to remind you that those bonds no longer have power on you. That you can move on and beyond it. Verse 3. 
For the law has power, or for what the law has or was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemns the sin in flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled, might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however... Are in the realm, or are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, do they, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subjected to, to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who, was raised, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. See, the Holy Spirit gives us that freedom. It breaks us out. And you might be thinking, freedom? You say freedom, Jimmy. The Bible is full of rules. Like, rules are not freedom. I I disagree. So God gave us freedom to live the life better than what we can develop for ourselves. God's morality is much more pure and holy than your morality. It's not influenced or swayed by, by popular opinion. It's the ultimate truth. See, the Holy Spirit is here to give us this power of righteousness. This idea of sanctification, that, that word is a fancy word of really like making you more and more holy like Christ, becoming more and more sanctified each and every day. So you get freedom because of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you this, when there are rules, you can have more fun, right? You may not understand that, but it's, it's easily explained this way. When you know the rules of any game, can't you have more fun playing it? Have you ever played a game that you didn't know? And in the middle of the game, you get called or whistled or called out for a foul or something wrong. Are you having fun then? No. You have more fun when you know the rules. And you have more freedom. You know where to work and how to work and how to do the same things in your life, your spiritual life. Second thing that the Holy Spirit does is here to, the Holy Spirit is here to give us knowledge. Knowledge. We all need a little bit of knowledge, don't we? For some of us, we need a lot of knowledge. Right? I, used to have, I think I mentioned it before, I had this card from my uh, wife's grandfather. He had given me this card that says, I know everything, I just don't know it all at once. Right? But the, God gives us, the Holy Spirit gives us knowledge. Knowledge to, to be brought out to us as we study Scripture. Knowledge to guide us through the week. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, 
who from every family in heaven and on earth derives its names. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in life, may have the power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep the love of Christ and to know that the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. One of the knowledge, most knowledgeable things that God can give us, one of the best gifts that he can give us, is this knowledge of God's love. How big and deep and wide. And how we are to move that, that love, not just from ourselves, not just to hold it like it's our own precious little thing, but how we are supposed to be generous with it and giving it to other people. The Holy Spirit here is to guide us and give us perspective on situations that we may not see. That could come up, come up in your workplaces, in your schools, in your children's sports activities. Understand that maybe someone's acting away and acting out for another reason. Give you knowledge when and advice when to speak up, but also when to listen. It's here to give us knowledge as we study Scripture, as we ask for what God's will is for our life, and we actually will get to that at the, in a couple minutes here. The Holy Spirit also does this. The Holy Spirit is here to give us power. Now, some of you guys are like, oh, now he's talking about power, okay? Yeah, he does give us power. And there's a whole nother train and a whole nother sermon series that we can wrap on around this, but his power is, I see really a couple things that he gives us power to do. And the biggest thing is, gives us power to become more and more like Jesus every single day. To give us more and more ability to be sanctified and to act Christ-like. It picks up here in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, there's that word again, right? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. Let me read that again. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. You get that? Jesus, or the Holy Spirit gives us the power to have freedom and strength and endurance and conquest over our temptation and our sin. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The spirit, you, uh, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption and sonship. And, if we are, and, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we, we also share in his glory. So you might be asking, what, what, what are some of these powers that we get? Number one is this. He gives us the power to tap into our spiritual gifts to the fullest. Each and every one of you have gifts and talents that God gave you from birth, right? And these are some of our natural abilities, 
Some are way better than me. Actually, there's a lot of people way better than me than singing, right? That may not be my strongest spiritual gift, but I think one of my spiritual gifts is teaching. And I know I'm not the best teacher out there, but when I have the Spirit teaching through me, I feel like I am the best teacher out there because it's the Spirit teaching and not myself. But you might be asking yourself, like, spiritual gifts? What what do you mean? Why, Why would I need the spiritual gifts? Well, the spiritual gifts are here to help us out as a church body at whole. To help the bride of Christ become the best it can be. And when you rely only on your talents, you're putting a cap on what God can do with your life. Jack Cottrell says this, Also, the purpose of the spiritual gift is to equip individual Christians to meet the needs of the church as a whole, whereas the Spirit's sanctifying presence is for the spiritual benefit of the individual itself. Romans chapter 12, eight, or 3 through 8 says this, For the grace has been given me, or, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others." We have different gifts according to the grace that God has given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's encouraged, then encouragement. Then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it's the lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. These are just a list of some of the gifts that we have. And if these are some of the gifts that you know that you're naturally talented at, but you have not asked the Holy Spirit to take the lead role in your life, you need to start doing that right now because you will be amazed at what God will do through your life because of it. He gives us the power to make these little tiny things that we have, these little tiny talents, so much bigger and so much better. I I think of it this way. I'm not a very good artist. And if I tried to recreate a Bob Ross painting, it would look like a bunch of blob, right? But say I was there, and Bob Ross could put his hand on my hand. If you guys don't know who Bob Ross is, he's the Afro guy. He's no longer with us, but Afro painter from PBS years ago. He could take his hand and put it on my hand, and he could control, and he could move my hand and do everything else. And at the end... Could I sign my name to that painting? I could. But would I be the one that really did anything? No. It's the artist who did that. It's the same way in our spiritual lives. Same way in our lives. When we let go and we let the Holy Spirit use our talents to to propel the kingdom, it's so much better than when you and I just try to do it on our own. The second thing is this. He gives us the spiritual power and the physical power to overcome temptation and sin and to live according to God's will. Galatians 5, 22-23, which is the key verse of the scripture, says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no lie. Back in Romans 8.13, I I'd read it already once. It says, 
For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, but if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to overcome temptation. To bury the sins that once put bondage around us. To let us live a new life. To change who you are. And to make you comfortable in uncomfortable situations. The Holy Spirit here is to give you that power. I want to conclude by giving you this last thing. Is the Holy Spirit is primarily it's here to do one thing. The Holy Spirit is here to give us the power to share the gospel with everyone. That's the main purpose for the Holy Spirit. It's to give us the power to spread the gospel, to seek and save the lost. There's a lot of other things that we didn't cover here that the God does with the Spirit, and that's great. But this is the primary focus right here, is to give us the power to save the generation of loss that there is. And how do I know that? You might be thinking, well, Jimmy, that's a big thing for you to say. Well, it's really easy because Jesus said it this way in Acts chapter 1 before he left. He said this in verse 6 and 8. He goes, then they gather around him and they ask him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Right? These are his people, his apostles saying, when is your power really going to reign? When can we be in control? And this is what he said to them. It is not for you to know the times of the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Did you get that? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It doesn't say, and then you'll be able to do miraculous feats of strength. No, it says, you will be my witnesses. Those of you who have ever actually tried witnessing to staunch non-believers, you understand you need that power in those times, don't you? For those of you who are trying to talk to somebody in, their, in your life that you know they need Jesus, but they don't want to hear about it. And if you bring it up, it could, be, it could be a major flaw. It could be a major linchpin of losing that relationship. You're going to need that power, aren't you? That is what the Holy Spirit is here to do. Because let me tell you something. What Jesus cares about most is saving the lost to bring glory to his Father. That's what he cares about. He cares about the hearts of every one of his children that have not said yes to him yet. I love it how he says, your witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And locally, that for us is like your family, Jerusalem, Judea, your neighbors, Samaria, your, your outside communities, and to the ends of the earth, every country, Every place on this earth needs to know the name of Jesus. And we need to let the Holy Spirit lead us in those ventures. So you may be thinking in your life right now, like, that's, that's great, Jimmy, but, you know, I'm just trying to figure out God's will for, for my life. Let me tell you this. His will is that you are a witness to the people around you. That's what his will is. The Holy Spirit is here to give you power, to give you knowledge. And hopefully, 
the Holy Spirit has convicted you in your heart this morning to let him be more prominent. For those of you who have already said yes to him, you are doing that. But maybe for those of you who have never said yes to Jesus before. And maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart because I do know this. The Holy Spirit works on the hearts of unbelievers. Don't let these opportunities and these moments go by. God has a bigger and better plan for you. And he loves you so much that he gave his son to die on a cross for your sin. To give you life eternal. To bring glory to his name. That's how much he loves you. So the question is, are you ready to start living by the Spirit? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all the things that you've blessed us with. I thank you for giving us the wonderful things we have. And Lord, let us do our best to bring glory to your name. Let us say no to us and say yes to you more. Holy Spirit, give us the knowledge we need and the power we need to change this world so that we can see more and more in heaven. And we can bring more and more glory to our Father. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.